Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Oh man, here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying coworker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Talkfanatic.com, brought to you by Dr. Lance Forbes, Diamond Dental, and Cedar Rapids. Wild Rose Casino and Clinton, Streets Maintenance. The Oxyoke Inn in the Amanas, Premier Automotive in North Liberty, the Sanctuary Pub uh, there on South Gilbert, Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, 101 South Dubuque Street, downtown Iowa City, the Midtown Family Restaurant, Supel's Flowers, home of 1-800-800-ROSE, Supel's Building and Remodeling, GT Car and his crew, Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars. Hawkeye Title and Settlement, Steve Anderson, and Patrick Eads and his staff at Deary Brothers Ford on Mormon Trek. Uh, he's gone. He's in Zurich. Uh, Hunter uh, sitting in today along with Pat Hardy from hawkfanatic.com. And on the line, it's Coach Don Patterson. Good morning, Don. How are you? Good morning, Don. How are you? Good morning, Pat. How are you? I'm sitting in air conditioning, so I'm fine. It's going to be another, what, 95 today? 95. He did yeah, it's a good way to spend your day, I think, is indoors. Yeah, and I didn't realize until, because I was in the press box, of course, but when I left the stadium well after the game had ended, it was still really hot. I didn't really appreciate how hot it was out there in that game. How much of a factor do you think that was in what happened Saturday, Don, the heat? You know, I thought the warm day would overall be in our favor, mm-hmm. of course, because the thought process was we had better depth than they did. But I have to give Utah State a lot of credit. I thought they were really, really tough. They didn't seem to well. Even when we were up 14 after less than a quarter of play, um, they didn't surrender, not at all. You know, they kept they kept battling. Mm-hmm. And I give them a lot of credit for playing a, a good, solid 60-minute football game. Yeah, I mean, they did. And they could have easily wilted under the pressure after falling down. 14 to nothing. Now, I will say the first play with McNamara, it was a great way to start. You couldn't have started any better. But in fairness, the def- the cornerback fell down. I mean, he, it was a broken play. I mean, Anderson made a good kind of a whip move by him. And just that first play, you saw that. I mean, the corner, I mean, it was the cornerback fell down for Utah State. Well, it seemed like an odd way to start the game to me. And by that, I mean, simply the coverage they decided to play. Mm-hmm. They're playing what we would call man tight. 
uh, you know, man-to-man coverage with the cornerback right up in the face of the yeah. receiver. And the only problem with that is he was he was beaten off the, the line uh, without release. Um, you know, our, our set's got a good release. And uh, and the thing Seth did that was so important, if he would have just simply run down the field, he might have been covered. Uh, but what he was able to do, he nodded outside as if it, maybe it was an outside break. Yeah. And then he straightened up down the field, and at that point, when he straightened up, that's when the the cornerback uh, lost his balance and fell. And at that point, of course, and I've always thought those are some of the hardest ones to catch when you know there's no one nearby. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Seth might agree with that. He he struggled uh, to make that play, but he but he made it, and the Marine play proved that. It, it made it more interesting, I guess, that that it might or might not be a catch there for a few minutes. I mean, yes, yeah, Seth deserves. Are... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say the fans were convinced it was a catch beyond any shadow of a doubt, but that's what you might expect from a home team. Yeah, Seth deserves credit, too. for He had something to do with that cornerback falling down. His release move to the outside was very effective. And Okay, I mean, yeah. Don, let's, let's – I mean, the two big factors for me, of course, when I left that game, I, I thought the defense for the most part did okay. The thing is you just don't know what this Utah State team's going to be. I mean, there's so many new – Faces, 59 newcomers or whatever. But I, if I'm taking away my two biggest concerns from this game, and this is kind of what I wrote about, the running game, to me, looked no better. I mean, it looked like more of the same. Too many negative plays on first down and what have right. you. And then, of course, Cade's not 100%. I mean, that was obvious when he had to scramble. You could tell that he is still bugged by this injury. So let's start first with the running game. Your thoughts? Well, here's the dilemma that, that so many teams run into in game one, or after, immediately after game one. We have no reference from last Saturday, from the previous Saturday, sure. right? Game yeah, one. No, yeah. Long time since the bowl game. Entirely different team, different players, different uh, key players at all kinds of key positions. So the question you leave with is, were we a disappointment, or was the opponent better than we expected? And that's a hard question to answer, but honestly, as I watch the game, I had to give Utah State credit. I, they were better than what I expected. Um, and I, I, I personally think that the Aggies are going to surprise some other opponents this fall. I think they're going to go on and have a solid season. Uh, and either I'm right with that assessment or I will be going to have a disappointing season. It's going to be one or the other probably. Uh, but regardless of, of what happened in game one, the key is to get better from week to week to week. Uh, that's what we have to do. We have to be a better football team. It aims next Saturday than what we were this past Saturday. And uh, I'm sure the coaches are going to preach that to the players, and the players are going to take it to heart. So, so what did you see with the running game? What was the problem? I mean, they carried 36 times for 88 yards. Well, that was my single biggest disappointment, too. Uh, you might have heard me say before the game, uh, based on last year, they'd given up 194 a game a year ago. Mm-hmm. I thought it was realistic with our good run, good solid run defense. A good goal for the game, I thought, was out rushing by 100 yards. Well, not even close, of course. Um, and, and you need to recognize, of course, that they got a lot of their rushing yards in the fourth quarter when the game was yeah. already salted away. Yeah, they did. But just looking at our numbers and even eliminating the kneel down at the end of the game, that was a minus two that really was not part of the run total. Eliminate the minus two on the kneel down. We still ended up with 35 carries for 90 yards. That boosts boost our official 2.4 yards per carry up to 2.6. It's still unacceptable, of course. 
And um, and it's simply not good enough because we played behind the chains too much of the time. And, um, and as you mentioned, we had too many minus plays. Even minus one, minus two, minus three puts you really um, in a bind for that next down. And we experienced that too many times. So that was a huge disappointment. Why? You've always heard me talk about the running game. Uh, the, the simple key is to create scenes because it's hard to open up massive holes. That's sure. true. The other teams always, those defensive players in that front seven, uh, you know, you want to move them, but they're going to resist. And, and that's the struggle on every play is who wins every snap? Who gets more movement than what the other coach for the other team is is okay with? And, and sometimes the offensive player wins, and other times the defensive player wins. And, and you always see, heard me say, too, Pat, if you have an All-American center, as we had a couple of years ago, that's all well and good, but that simply means he's going to block his man almost all day long. Mm-hmm. The bigger question, of course, is you've got five different competitions up front with your offensive line. That doesn't even like, include the fullback and the tight end. Of course, they're involved, too. But the question is, can you win all four or five of those battles in the offensive line? Uh, and I say four or five. Sometimes, of course, you have two offensive linemen that are doubling on a defensive lineman and working up to a linebacker. Um, and, and the trick is to win those battles consistently across the front. And obviously we won some of those battles and we lost others. And in, in defense of the backs, they didn't have a lot of running room. They did not. Uh, but part of the responsibility lies in their lap, too, because you've always heard me say, great backs make the first guy miss. Mm-hmm. And and we need to do better at, at making that first that first available tackle for miss. We, we have two options. We can we can lower our shoulder and try to run through the tackle. Maybe he's a little bit preoccupied with the blocker, and maybe it's simply a question of running through an arm tackle mm-hmm. at that point. Um, or if it's a free defender, obviously that's a bigger challenge. Um, but you've got to consistently win those battles, and you got to strain for that. You've heard some different some different movies. The coach talking about straining for that extra inch. Uh, those inches do matter because inches turn into feet, feet turn into yards. And uh, it's a battle of field position all day. Uh, we did win the battle of field position. I think that was important that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but the challenge, I think, is going to be able to win it next weekend because it looks like Iowa State has a better punting game even maybe than, than Utah State did. And hats off to both punters last Saturday. We had an outstanding punter. We, everyone expected that. Mm-hmm. I think we were a little bit surprised to see Utah State also had a good punter. So we did pick up a few yards every time we traded punts, but not many. Uh, that's to the credit of of their, um, their punter. He was outstanding. I believe he averaged 45.2. Yeah, I've got it right here. And um, our guy averaged 47.0. Yeah, let's see. Um, so I've got the stats right here. Tory was um, – God, these stats are different now. Let's see. Tory. Torrey punted six times for a 48.7 average, three inside the 20. And then their punter, Stephen Kotsili, punted six times for a 44.3 average. He had two touchbacks. Now, this punter did average almost 44 yards per punt last year. So, I mean, he did have yeah, some he, he did have yeah, some credibility. In, they had a good punter. Yeah, now they had a new um, kicker. We liked that better. Incidentally, we were lucky on that punt block. Because somehow that, that took a good hop and turned into a 37-yard net. Yep. 
Uh, it could have easily done next to nothing for a gain on a putt. That was his fourth career block punt, too, that Ike Larson. He's really good at doing that. Yeah, that's the same player that had blocked him in the past. Yeah. Uh, maybe he changed his jersey. I don't know, but we didn't do a good job of identifying him. Uh, and he certainly made a great effort to get a piece of that putt, too. Interesting development. Um, Dallas Jones, who works with me at um, Hawk Fanatic, we were in the press box, and we noticed a pattern. Like when Iowa throws on first down, and they incomplete, and it's incomplete, they run every time on second down. Dallas was just calling it. I mean, there would be a first down incompletion. He goes, okay, here's going to be kind of a delay. Did you – I mean, I, I mean, is that – do you think that's just an isolated thing, Don, or the fact that somebody's calling – he was like – he got like seven in a row, right? He's like, they're going to run right here. right? Because do you think that's too predictable? Second and long run plays didn't produce many yards, too, I guess. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, yeah, you know, that's a good point. And, and uh, self-scouting is part of the game. And, and the typical self-scout, of course, uh, the, um, the office worker or the grad assistant, whoever did the, did the research, he comes back and says, well, we're, we're, um, our mix on second and long is this many runs, this many passes. But a, a more succinct way to look at it is after an incompletion on first down, what's that percentage? Maybe it's an even higher percentage of run, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that's true, but I suspect it might be. Uh, because the obvious concern a play caller might have is we we got nothing on first down by throwing. Uh, the negative thought is maybe we're going to get nothing again or worse yet. Maybe we're going to get sacked on second down when it's a, an obvious passing situation compared to first down that was not quite so obvious. So the safe thing to do is go to a run on second and ten. And that's all well and good if it produces, but if it's not producing, then why beat your head against the wall? You know, you, at some point you should decide to throw some passes. And if you're that concerned about sacks, then you simply do what Utah State did. You get rid of the ball in a hurry mm -hmm. with those kind of plays. And maybe that's better than a, a run play that doesn't gain much at all. Maybe a, a safe, quick throw gains you an average of five yards on second and ten. And that beats the heck out of a run play that averages two yards. Uh, I'd rather be in third and five than third and seven, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, I didn't have a major problem with Brian Ferentz's play calling. I did I did notice it, and maybe that's just the way the circumstances. There were a lot of plays where McNamara was throwing down and out to the long side of the field, if you know what I mean, where the D-backs had a lot. The ball was in the air for a long time. One of them almost got intercepted. Did you notice that, too? Or is that just the way the play broke down, or am I nitpicking here? Because it seemed like those are risky passes. Well, that, that play in particular you're talking about was a risky pass. It was really a two-level scheme. We uh, we uh, pushed downfield with our outside receiver and then um, ran the inside receiver on what we used to call a square-out route. Uh, and uh, the problem with the play, we didn't have a third-level receiver. Mm -hmm. Think of it this way, Pat. If you've got a flat defender and you've got a deep defender, then one really sound way to attack that, that coverage would simply to be put three receivers in the vicinity of those two def defenders, right? Three on two. Mm -hmm. And and then at that point, if it's a zone defense, which it typically was, uh, you look deep first. If the, if the push man's open deep, he's throwing the ball, of course. So he should be covered by that corner. He's in a, in a deep defensive mode, probably defending an outside third or an outside fourth of the field. And if he's covered, then you come on down to the flat defender, and then you've got a high-low uh, versus the flat defender, you've got the intermediate round mm -hmm. 
the one we were trying to throw on Saturday, and then you got the short round into the flat. And if the if the, the flat defender drops deep, as the guy did on Saturday, then you come on down to the third level. You force him to come up and tackle an open receiver. We didn't have a third level on that play. Uh, Cade was in a pickle because it was a long throw, mm-hmm. and he had to elevate the ball over that flat defender. And in the end, of course, that flat defender, I believe, was the same guy that blocked the punt. Mm-hmm. He's not your average athlete. He goes up, he gets a piece of the ball. We're fortunate he didn't intercept. Um, and the problem that Cade ran into, if he would have lost the ball even more, there would have been even more time of flight on the throw. That would have given both those defenders even more time to react to the yeah, throw. And it all started, Pat, because of what you said. I believe that play probably originated all the way on the right hash. And we're throwing the ball all the way to the boundary on the left. Yeah. It's a long throw. It's a long throw. And uh, it gives the defense a little extra time to react. And that play did scare me because it might have been intercepted. It was an outstanding play on the part of the corner. To, I'm sorry, not the corner, but the flat defender. Uh, maybe it was a defensive back. I believe it actually I believe was. it was. But uh, the point is, we were only running two receivers versus two defenders. And that short defender was able to protect against that intermediate route. No, they, I... gave, they gave them a chance to kind of sandwich the route. You might recall that deep defender wasn't very far away either. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so it was congested was a, over a there. Play. That's the one play I thought that that was questionable judgment on Cage part to even make that throw. There were any number of other times when you saw Cage looking downfield and wisely deciding not to throw the ball downfield. Mm-hmm. Yes. To lay the ball off to a shorter receiver that still picked up positive guards. Now, I will say, in fairness to Cade, I'm assuming, I haven't went back and checked all of Michigan's games in 2021 other than the, I mean, I don't know, I can't remember exactly what happened in the playoff game, but I'm guessing this was the first time Cade did not have a dominating running game to help produce play action. I mean, at Michigan in 2021, they ran the ball, I mean, with Haskins and Corm. And the other thing, Don, he's not he's not 100%. That was obvious. I mean, we didn't really know where he was until that first play he had to scramble. And, Don, it was obvious that he's still ailing a little bit. You saw that. Yeah. And, of course, he's been instructed in those situations to protect himself as well as he can. Mm-hmm. And I used to explain it this way to the quarterbacks. If it's first or second down and you pull the ball down, then you need to protect yourself. If you can get out of bounds, then do so. Get all the yards you can, and then get out before you take a hard hit. If you're out between the hash marks, as an example, you need to get north-south as best you can. And you know what I mean by north-south. You need to run as vertically as you can down the field to pick up positive yards. And then before contact, you need to get on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the only exception to that would be if you get into that area of critical downs. And you know what I mean by critical down. If it's third down and you're not likely to go for it at all on fourth down, that is a critical down. You need to pick up first down yardage. So I used to tell the quarterback's man, congratulations, you just became a running back. you got to try to go get the first down. Now, the only exception to that rule would be if you're playing with a quarterback that's a little less than 100%, maybe you even sacrifice uh, that charge of picking up the first down and you tell him, I don't care if it's a critical down or not. We want you to protect yourself. We can always punt, and we can always live to fight another another possession a little bit later in the game. So if, if you're so, Iowa State, Iowa State defense, 
and you watch this film of Iowa and you see McNamara, Allen. I mean, obviously, are, are is there going to be plan to try to get as much pressure on him as possible, force him out of his comfort zone? Of course, you want to stop the run and whatever, but do you think when they see that and they're like, wow, he's not 100%, what do you, how do you think they're going to react to that, Iowa State's defense, which, by the way, was well, pretty impressive dog. Saturday? Yeah, one thought, you know, the dilemma we faced and going as Utah State's quarterback, we knew, based on last season, he was a better runner than the average quarterback. Mm-hmm. And he didn't he didn't kill us with a lot of yardage. No. Uh, but there are any number of key times where he faked to the bag, mostly critical down stuff, short yardage, third and short typically, maybe third and medium, where he faked to the bag and then kept the ball and ran for positive yardage. Uh, ran for enough yardage to, to move the chains. You saw that any number of times. Yeah. The reason I bring it up that way, if you're Iowa State playing Iowa, you're not too concerned about I was asking Kay to be a runner. Uh, we might do it, but obviously we're trying to protect Kay as best we can. Uh, he's a valuable commodity because he's a veteran quarterback that plays like a veteran on Saturday. And in that regard, you're not too concerned about playing with a light box. And you know what I mean by a light yeah. box. Yeah. You don't have so many tacklers that are lined up close to the ball. And, um, and maybe you're not concerned if you don't, Maybe you don't feel like you have to outnumber the bloggers in the offensive line. Maybe you're content playing with a six-man box. Even though there's five linemen to block, maybe a tight end to block, or maybe a back to block for a quarterback if he's a runner, you're not too worried about them outnumbering you. Uh, You're okay with being light in the box to defend against pass. And I'm saying it's third and long, third and medium, maybe. You're okay to dare them to run the ball with the quarterback. If they run the ball with the running back, that's okay because they only got five five blockers mm-hmm. or six if there's a tight end standing next to a tackle. Uh, so you're okay uh, not being outnumbered with blockers because you're not worried about the quarterback becoming a runner. Hope that makes sense to you. Yeah, it does. No, it does. I I just gives you a better chance to defend against passes to dare them to run the quarterback. Oh, without question. I don't think they want McNamara running the ball, but. Obviously, you like him healthy because when he's healthy, he is mobile to a certain point. He didn't look very mobile when the pressure was on him, so it's going to be interesting to see how how he you know how much better he is this Saturday if he if he gets better. But now I want to focus on a couple positive things. I mean, I've, I mean the running game was obviously a concern, but there was a lot of good too. I want to I want to bring up two players, Luke Lachey and Jay Higgins. First of all, Luke Lachey is. I mean, he has a knack for making the big catches. He can catch in traffic. Those were good throws by McNamara, too, but those were tough catches. It looks like, obviously, Iowa has another soon-to-be great tight end. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I thought I thought um, Luke certainly had an outstanding game. And it was seven catches, as I recall. Yes, yeah, seven catches 73 for 73 yards. yards, yep. But let's not forget, a couple of those were really key catches. Third down catches, uh, big, we, yep. Yeah, we converted, we converted three times as to my recollection, on third and extra long. Mm-hmm. I'm talking third and 11, third and 12, and even third and 15. And let's talk about two of those three extra long yardage plays went to Lachey. One of them was the 31-yard, I believe it was 31 yards, as I recall, something along that line. That was the third and 11 or 12, uh, and the ball was thrown up to Luke. Now, even when Kate threw the ball, he knew that Luke was covered uh, but he liked the matchup. Luke as a tall tight end versus a much shorter defensive back. Good point. 
And what gave Luke a chance to make the play, uh, Chase threw it up, but he threw it up with good accuracy, he did. which gave Luke a chance to high point the ball. Uh, the defender was right there with him. Yeah, he was. But it was just the two of them, and it was high pointed by Luke, and the ball was placed so that he had an advantage to go up and get the ball from the shorter defensive back. Uh, that was a key play because it moved the chains when we were not likely to be able to move them when we're looking at extra long yardage. And then another time, uh, late in the game, you might recall this play, it was a pressure snap versus man coverage, and Cade knew when he let go of the ball, uh, I think we gained 15 on this one, as I recall, but yeah. he knew when he let go of the ball, I'm going to get pasted right after this ball's thrown because I got a guy that's going to be in my face. There were actually two defenders that were closing hard on him. But he still stood in and threw the ball to a nice open tight end named Lachey. Ball was actually thrown. Ball was cleanly caught. Another first down. This was late in the game. But the game still wasn't really salted away. I no. believe that was before our last touchdown. You're right. It was, yeah. Another key play. And let's not forget about the first one, the conversion on third and 15. It's what we call a slip screen to our number three running back. Great who call. was in on third and 15. Uh-huh. And he's in for a reason. I think the coaches obviously have a lot of confidence in Jersey and Patterson for his ability to catch a ball out of the backfield. And a slip screen, what I mean by that, um, Utah State didn't think we could get the, the back out because they were bringing a defender that they thought he was going to have to block. Well, that would have been true, except Kate understood and the back understood, I'm not going to block this guy. I'm going to fake that I'm going to block him. And I'm going to immediately turn around and look for the ball. You're going to make the throw to me, and we're going to cross them up by taking advantage of them. They didn't think the back could get out. Well, if it's choreographed for the quarterback to be able to throw before that free defender hits him, then it is potentially an outstanding play. Really good execution, a really good call by Brian. Mm-hmm, I agree. And that's a play that doesn't, doesn't have a lot of risk involved. It's probably either going to be complete or incomplete, uh, but we're not likely to get sacked because Cade knows who that free defender is. It's the guy that, that they thought was going to be blocked by the back. Uh, well, executed. it's a good thing to kind of mess with the defensive coordinator's mind. you got to be careful because now you know they have a few little trickums to take advantage of a rush that they know is coming. Uh, it was a good guess on Brian's part. I don't think we checked to it. I think we simply... It was based on their tendency again. Brian clearly anticipated pressure. We got the pressure, and we made him pay. And I like the fact that they were using their third-team running back. I mean, the first quarter where it had ended, and all three running backs had, had had contributed. And, Don, you know, that 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 keeps them all engaged. It keeps them happy. I'm not saying that they're just trying to make everyone happy, but all three can contribute, and they're finding ways to get them all involved. I give Brian Ferentz credit for that, don't you? Yeah, let's, let's give some credit to that running back coach, too, because sure. I'm pretty sure that Liddell's making those calls. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that for a fact. Maybe maybe Brian says uh, Patterson's in. You know, we don't know. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Brian simply makes the play call and Liddell knows which back is best suited to be in the game. Yeah, and I mean, it keeps... That's one less thing for Brian to worry about. And a good running back coach, Carl Jackson, did that for us. I don't doubt for a second that Liddell's doing it for this coaching staff. Yeah, who's ever doing uh, I'm it? Sure that, I'm sure that Brian and Kirk have a lot of confidence in Liddell's judgment on who should be in the game. And maybe, like you've said, maybe Patterson has shown the ability to be more effective on screenplays. I mean, 
Maybe he's shown that he's got better hands. And uh, But I just like the fact that it was Patterson who caught the ball because at first I thought it was LaShawn. I just assumed it was LaShawn. Then I look, I'm not, no, that's, that, that's number nine. That's Jay's in, and it was early. And I just thought that was just really good play call and really good use of personnel, whether it was Brian or Liddell, good job. And then as far as Jay Higgins, I mean, he had 16 tackles, 12 solo tackles. He was all over the field. I mean, that team tested you in a lot of ways. And, I mean, I'm not saying he's the second coming of Jack Campbell or anything, but for a first real career start as the main guy, I thought Jay Higgins really rose to the occasion. Well, I made this comment. I don't know that Jack Campbell saw the game as it unfolded, but I promise you this, if Jack Campbell has a chance to look at the game, uh, even if he looks at it during the week, this week he's going to have a smile on his face sure. about Jay Higgins' play because Jay Higgins played a lot like Jack Campbell he does. He did. He... Uh, All-out efforts. Uh, talk about mental toughness. Uh, you probably noticed this. Jay Higgins is in the game right at the end of the game. He was still out there playing. Yeah. Uh, and, and that would indicate maybe we're a little bit thin at linebacker. Which they it are. It also ties into the fact that Jay Higgins was playing like his hair was on fire. Uh, you know, he was making plays, and he even, as I recall, he made a play on punt late in the game, uh, covering a punt, no less. So outstanding effort on Jay's part. I, I was very impressed with Jay Higgins because you're right. He was making plays from one sideline to the other. Yeah. Let's face it, it was a perimeter game in a lot of ways. They try to get the ball outside into space a lot and then see how well we could tackle. And one very reliable tackler uh, on all those wide plays was number 34. He sure was. Yeah, no, it was impressive. I wanted to ask you, I've been hearing more discussion about this. Do you ever see a point, or, or do you, could, would you agree with it, do you think college football should consider playing preseason games? I don't know how you would schedule them, who you would have someone like Iowa play, but – I've been asked that recently. Why doesn't college play preseason? What are your thoughts on that? Could that ever happen? You know, I, um, I'm i not sure it'll ever happen. And uh, the reasons are, are kind of obvious. They, they don't want to uh, – you're talking about preseason games along the lines of the NFL. Yeah, like what the NFL does, one or two of them, just as a warm-up. Whether I say charging people to watch and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the difference, of course, we have student-athletes they have to go to class. Um, NFL season lasts longer, uh, but those are those are not young adults. Those are adults uh, that do not have to divide their time between academics and football. Um, so I'm okay with the current status of where we are. I think part of the fun of game one is that it does count. It's not an exhibition, uh, and. Um, there's always a, a big mystery, of course, as to what the other team's going to do and how those players that we've never seen play, how they're going to perform. Obviously, some of those guys for Utah State, I don't know which ones they were because I'm not that familiar with the roster. But I'm sure a Utah State fan has a good idea of who really impressed against Iowa that had never before played for Utah State. And as you know, Pat, they had 10 four-year transfers. They had 20 other junior college players. I would be willing to bet that half of those 30 players probably played a pretty significant role in the game. Well, uh, I don't know who they were, but uh, obviously they had some guys that stepped up and played pretty well. well and that's encouraging if you're a Utah State fan. Uh, maybe I'm wrong in saying they're going to go on and have a, another bowl season, but I suspect they will. Uh, we don't know that. It's a little too early to know. Um, is it more to their credit that it was a – a closer-than-expected ball game, or is it more to our blame? We don't know. We'll find out in the weeks ahead. Uh, 
because if it was more to their credit than it was to our blame, then maybe we're still going to go on and impress uh, our fans a lot with how we play next week in Ames. We hope for that. Regardless of how good in Utah State turns out, our simple goal is a group of players, especially if you're talking about online, we know collectively we didn't play as well as we wanted to. Our challenge is we have to find a way to play better this Saturday than last Saturday. We have to get that done. I'm sure the players are going to take that responsibility very seriously. And the challenge, of course, is Iowa State's going to do everything they can to to uh, bend our running game, much like Utah State did. Well, I've stopped reading too much into season openers after Iowa needed uh, two block field goals to beat you and I. Everyone was gloom and doom after that. Suter even said when he left the stadium that day, he was felt miserable. That team went on to win 11 games. So, I mean, you can't read too much into it, good or bad. You're right. Let's, oh, you've always heard me say this, Pat. Let's react, but let's not overreact. Yeah, exactly. Uh, should we be concerned we didn't run the ball better? Of course. We're working to shore that up from one week to the next. There are ways to do it other than just figuring out how the blockers can execute better with their physical assignment. It also gets into play calling. It also relates, of course, to people other than the O-line. That relates a lot to those perimeter players. It relates a lot to tight ends and fullbacks. Um, so it relates maybe to changing plays in the case of not running into, into a, a stacked defense. Uh, and a wise quarterback like Cade can be given that assignment if the coaches decide to put that into the game plan. So all those things contribute to it. Obviously, the backs need to find a way to to run with even more efficiency than what they did with last week. Uh, I'm sure that, uh, as I recall, Caleb had 19 series in that game. You know, some of those uh, those minimum uh, games on him. Yeah, he had 19 for 63. I'm sure there are plays where he can do better, too. Yeah, 19 for 63. Um, Caden Wetchin actually led them in carry se- or in yards per carry, 7.3. This is an interesting question. I don't want this to be perceived as I'm criticizing Caden Wet. I'm just curious here how things work. They bring this kid in from Ohio State, Caleb Brand, former four-star running back, converted receiver in high school. They lose him in the kind of the same position as Caden Wetchin. And we read, you know, and part of this is the media hyping this up. It's not Kirk and Brian. I get that. Were you surprised that Caleb Brown never got any of those touches on those reverses the way Caden Wetching got three of them? Obviously, that's something they saw in practice. Did that surprise you? The kid from Ohio State, um, he didn't have – Caleb Brown didn't have any t- – he had two targets and no touches. Did that surprise you at all? Or is that the media just hyping somebody up because they come from Ohio State and they're a four-star? Well, one thought that you might see going forward – Obviously, Wichita's got maybe the best speed on the team, certainly one of the fastest players on the team. Uh, Utah State underestimated his speed, that's for sure. Uh, so now the, the word's out, if if Wichita is going in motion with a lot of speed, you better be alert for a fly sweep. Uh, we heard him twice with the fly sweep. We ran it a third time. The third time they hit it in the head. Yeah, they got you might it. Recall. For minus five, as I recall. So the word's out now. Okay, if 21 is going in motion with a lot of speed, maybe they even alert the edge rusher. His job changes. Maybe his job is simply to run up the field and not to be able to to close with any kind of inside charge because the charge with an inside motion, of course, might mean he's not able to contain that fly sweep. Mm -hmm. So those kind of things do happen from week to week. Maybe that's an alert that the linebacker gives the edge rusher 
maybe it's an edge rusher that's standing up. You can see the guy coming. So he just runs up the field on his own to contain the threat of a fly sweep by by reaching again. Uh, here's the good news. They haven't seen anybody but 21 do that. Good so point. maybe next week it is number three doing it. Yeah, and that um, that's a good point. And yeah, that's... so – so, but you're, I get your, I get your point, Pat. You're saying, wouldn't it have been obvious that we would have maybe called a play where it's almost guaranteed that number three is going to get the ball? Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, uh, a high percentage pass that gets into his hands and gives him a chance to run out with the ball. Um, you know, you bring up a good point. I don't recall. I know one of the throws to one of the targets to um, our Ohio State transfer. Was a deep pass, and he was covered, mm-hmm. and the ball was overthrown. Can't recall who threw it. It might have been, might have been, um, might, might have been, been Deacon Hill. It might have been Deacon. I can't yeah. recall. Seemed like it was kind of late in the game when the ball went up to number three. I could be wrong on that. I'm not sure. Uh, but the point is, uh, give number three a chance to catch a ball and demonstrate that he's actually good after the catch. Also, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the prime example would be. We had plays designed for number 85 and number 83 that were like that. Sure. You know, the the screen is a good play. It gives our guy a chance to catch the ball, gives our lineman a chance to be downfield blocking in front of him because he's catching it just behind the line. And there are other balls that are thrown to 83 and 85 that are downfield, but they're quick short throws that still give him a chance to do something after the catch. So there are plays like that that we can design, not just not just for our Ohio State transfer, but also for guys like number 89 also. He's proven he's pretty darn good after the catch. Yeah, he is. There are any number of short throws we've made in the past, uh, of course, um, to Reganey and Nico's been able to do good things with him. I remember in particular late in the season last year, we threw some of those high-percentage throws to Nico just to see what he did after the catch. He might catch it four yards downfield and turn it into a gain of 12. Mm-hmm. Because when he caught it, he knew what to do with it. He got turned down field. He ran with a purpose. Maybe he didn't, did or did not break a tackle. But if nothing else, he at least hustled downfield. He took a good path to avoid being tackled and turned it into a decent gain after the catch. You remember Nico doing that late in the season last year sure. when Nico was 100% healthy. Uh, and Nico still has that potential now, of course. That might be part of the game plan this week more so than it was last week. That's a good point. They may and, be uh, holding I, stuff back. Maybe they're going to un- unleash Caleb Brown. And like I said, I could be guilty of buying into the hype, buying into the Ohio State four-star. I'm not at practice every day. Obviously, Caden Wetchin had showed these coaches something. But right away when he did the third one, some people up in the press box were like, why don't they try like Caleb Brown? Um, but like I said, we're not at practice, so I, it's, I don't want to start just questioning all the play calling. I will say in regard to Nico, his 29-yard touch, catch was one of the best catches in that game. That was a big, great throw by McNamara. He threw it where it couldn't be intercepted. You remember the one where he had to jump up over the shoulder? That was a great veteran catch by Nico Organi for yeah, 29 and, yards. And, and both he and Luke's catches, the ball was thrown in position to catch it. It still wouldn't have happened if, if both receivers hadn't done a really good job of high-pointing the ball. Yes, exactly. You know, they, they really couldn't catch it any higher in the air than what they did. That's a good point. No, that and that's just a lot of that is some of it's coaching, but a lot of it's just natural ability. So, okay, let's look at this game Saturday. 
I had Iowa State beating you and I, but I thought it was going to be competitive. But from what I've read, the Iowa State defense and special teams, which have been a problem, were both really good. Have you had a chance to look at any of that game? And are you surprised that Iowa State won as convincingly as they did? You know, uh, this is kind of funny, but I I admit that I messed up. I I did uh, set my TV for what I thought was Iowa State versus you and I. And I did did tape Iowa State versus you and I, but it was – I would say you and I from 2021, <laughs> uh, as they often do on their on their uh, their network. I guess that's where I must have found that yeah. game. Yep. You know, I was just screening for the game. I saw it. I I clicked to copy it, but it was on the Cyclone Network, and it was a replay of two years ago, in advance of the game this year. So I don't even know for sure that the game was on my cable package. I think it was, but I inadvertently take the wrong game. Uh, having said that, I did see some highlights as best I could, um, and I read everything I could read about the game. And uh, I will be honest with you, I honestly thought at the very least it was going to be a tough, hard-fought win. So did I. So, yeah, so I know that you and I was disappointed. You could tell by the way that Mark talked. He was disappointed with the play of his team. But let's give credit to Iowa State also. Uh, you know, they they obviously – um, I'll say it this way. They were very opportunistic with how they played. Yes, they Let me were. give you some specific examples. Opening drive of the game, um, you and I was moving the ball down the field. Interception returned for a touchdown. Uh, and that was a huge play, a 58-yard return by a sophomore safety by the name of Jeremiah Cooper. So now they're up 7 nothing, And realize the offense hasn't even gotten on the field yet. Mm-hmm. And they're up 7 nothing. That's a nice luxury to have. That kind of reminds you of our bowl game against Kentucky, doesn't it? Yeah, good point. Uh, yeah. The scoreboard changes, and, and we weren't even on the field offensively to do it. So that's how the game started. And then uh, late in the half, another interception by Jeremiah Cooper. Incidentally, the only two, two turnovers of the day. Uh, this one was returned into field goal range. This is shortly before the half. They trot out their place kicker, who was the backup for Nebraska last year, his first kick, as I understand it, the first kick in a college game was a 56-yarder. They claimed it was into the wind. That's kind of hard to believe. Uh, maybe into a slight wind. Who knows where the wind was for sure in Ames. Uh, but 56 yards through the upright. That's the last three points of the half. Now it's 23 to nothing at the half. Mm-hmm. And then, credit again to, to Iowa State, they start the second half by receiving the ball. They go down the field and score on offense, and that's 30 to nothing after one possession of the second half. Game over. Who are we kidding? The game's over. Yeah. You know, you and I, I don't care what they do from that point forward. They're going to be hard-pressed to, to score. Uh, theoretically, they could score four touchdowns and win the game, right? Four times eight 32. But let's face it, if you're having a hard time moving the ball, they're like trying to convert on all those two-point plays, even if you can score touchdowns. So, um, you know, it's almost unheard of that a team would lose a 30-point lead, and I don't think it was going to happen uh, to Iowa State last Saturday. Uh, you and I kept battling. Uh, they, they finally scored the touchdown in the fourth quarter. I think it was with about 10 minutes left, so I don't doubt for a second that they scored that touchdown against the best defenders on the part of Iowa State. There might have been a few backups in there uh, in the fourth quarter, but much like our game was played, you didn't see our backups until even later in the game. And incidentally, let's let's not beat ourselves up too much over the fact that 
Utah State outgained us. Utah State outrushed us. Those things happened in large part because we were playing our backups at the end of the game. Yeah, no, I think uh, some of those... Didn't, doesn't take the offense off the hook for the fact that we didn't really move the ball like we wanted on offense. But defensively, our starters did a good job of containing their defense. And the backups let us down there in the late stages of the game. Yeah, my concerns were the second and third quarter. McNamara was 7 of 15 for 59 yards, and they couldn't right. run the ball. And they just could not run the ball. And, now. That's, the, and that's the right place to be concerned. Yeah. Uh, but getting back to Iowa State last weekend... How about this? They only had 45 snaps on, on offense. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, you know, we're we're aware that the game's going to be a little bit shorter now than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. I couldn't help but notice as I went back and looked at Nebraska versus versus uh, Minnesota. Uh, both those teams on Thursday night had only only had nine possessions in the game. I think you're going to see some more of that. Now we had more possessions, I believe, Saturday, in large part because we had a lot of injury timeouts. Uh, and Utah State was the one with those injury timeouts, more so than us. Yeah, they did have a you few. Know. Yeah. Uh, but that, that made the game go a little bit longer. Obviously, incomplete passes make the game go longer. Uh, a lot of a lot of the perimeter plays on the part of Utah State, the ball went out of bounds, which again stops the clock. Uh, so those kind of things uh, do happen sometimes. Um, but only for, as you know, now I made first down. But the clock's going to continue to run unless it's the last two minutes of either half. Yeah, I mean. So the game is shorter. And I don't really like that. And I, I'll tell you one reason I say that. Um, let's just imagine you got a, a running back that's about to, break, about to break the school record for rushing yardage. And let's imagine it's a tight game. So he needs to be out there playing throughout the game. At the end of the game, he rushes for 252 yards. And the only problem is the school record 254 yards. Uh, he would have broken the record if not for the fact that the game's shorter than it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hate to see that. You know, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 it delegitimizes certain records. The same way it can work in a reverse direction on defense. If we set a new school record defensively, one reason we did because it's a slightly shorter game. Well, I guess they uh, made so it's not the same length of game as we had a year ago. I mean, the the rule, of course, is after first downs they used to stop the clock. Now they're not doing it, just like in the pros. What's ironic though about it? I guess they're doing that because the games are starting to drag on. That first quarter still took fifty two minutes because of the injuries, because of all the incompletions, but also because of all the TV timeouts. I mean, they can try to shorten yeah. the game all they want, but the TV timeouts aren't going anywhere. You're right. That game lasted roughly three and a half hours. Yeah, even with the new rule. Uh, yeah, I think it was 3.33 maybe. I think it kicked off at 1.03, and at least the TV version uh, finished at 4.36. I'm, I'm sorry, 11 o'clock kick, so 2.36. Yeah. Uh, so theoretically, it was on TV for three hours and 36 minutes, and I, I would imagine the kick came after about the first three minutes of broadcast time. So long game. It took a long time to play it. Primarily because of injury timeouts. Yeah, there were a lot of injuries. I felt so bad for their defensive lineman who got hurt on the first play of the season. First play of the season, yeah. then he's on crutches. In the, I felt so bad for that kid. You train and work all hard. Yeah, you're right. And then the very first play. So, Don, i got to ask, were you inside? You were at the stadium. Were you outside or were you inside? I was outside and I was sweating with the best of them. I was going to yeah, say, was how like, hot was it? It was warm. It was warm, um, you know. We have we sat on the west side, so the sun was a little bit, a little bit in our face with that eleven o'clock kick. We're still lucky we had a eleven o'clock kick. Yes, 
because the warmest part of the game was the very end of the game. Yeah. Uh, simply because, of course, it got warmer as, as the mid-afternoon approached. Uh, so it was a difficult game for the players, I promise you. Uh, I, I did notice this. I checked my my um, my Fitbit late in the game, or my phone, I guess I checked my phone, and it was 88 degrees late in the game. Uh, that's the 88 official degrees. Down the turf, I'm sure it was well over 100 uh, for the players. It was well over 100 for most of the game for the players. So uh, it wears on you a little bit. Uh, my wife was bragging on me. I even did a better job of hydrating than normal. So I was drinking quite a bit of water over the course of the game. And, of course, those players fully understand you've got to continuously hydrate. Yeah. And even then, uh, of course, everybody was concerned about Xavier. I was confident it was just cramps. Cramps. And, uh, and you're able, with the reason you're able to rehydrate even during the game and maybe get back in the game. Maybe, maybe not. It depends on the game situation, of course. And um, in some cases, you can hydrate um, well enough where you can go back out and play again. Uh, I don't think I don't think Xavier ever returned. I don't believe he did. Uh, I don't believe he did either. And but he didn't. I mean, at first I thought it was a hyperextended knee, but then we later found yeah. out that it was cramps. And um, yeah, I don't believe he returned, but I don't remember for sure. But no, they dodged a bullet there. And injury wise, it looks like. I mean, now Jamari Harris missed the game, but for I mean. I mean, people can different reasons. Different reasons. It, it's, um, but uh, at some point, he should be back. But but no, I mean, a win's a win. Like Kirk said afterwards, he said they got to clean up the running game. But with what time we have left, I want to kind of ask you about some other stuff. Did you watch it all? Northwestern's got. I mean, I, I felt young watching Northwestern, Don, because it felt like the seventies and eighties again um, when they were. You know, just, I did watch a lot of that game, but I'll have to admit, I gave up in the fourth quarter. Oh, it was brutal. Because uh, I'm thinking this is boring. Yeah, and I feel. So Sorry for Northwestern. I don't even know what the final was. Was it twenty-four-seven? I think they did score at the very end. Okay, they got seven late. So uh, I'll say this: I was pretty fairly impressed with Rutgers. You know, I think you've always heard me say I do believe Greg Shannon's a good coach. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he's going to have those guys playing as best they can play, uh, and um, they certainly got off to the right start this year for them. I, oh, I watched a little bit of the Ohio State game. I, like I said, I know that quarterback was a five-star, but I just – I was not – maybe Indiana's defense is going to be good. I mean, Indiana really couldn't do anything on offense, but I was not overly impressed with Ohio State's – just one game, I get it, but was not overly impressed with what the quarterback did. Well, imagine how Marvin Harrison feels right now. He had two catches for 18 yards. And you can bet he, he might be the greatest team player in the world – but he's still discouraged and frustrated. Now, how many targets he had, but he, he certainly didn't have a very productive day. No, I give Indiana some credit for that. I'm sure, sure they were IDing him all day long, mm-hmm. doing their best to try to neutralize how he plays. Uh, and and I, if I'm an Ohio State fan, I wouldn't panic. You know, they want to be sure not to get themselves beat. They got a quarterback that hadn't really played much at all. So they're trying to spend, serve him a little bit. You know, so that. They don't hang him out to dry too often. Um, so, you know, it was, a, it was still a routine win for Ohio State. Uh, the fans aren't happy, but they got the win. They got the quarterback some experience. They'll give him more to do as the, as the season plays out, I'm sure. And um, I don't think we've ever seen the last of Marvin Harrison Jr. No. Sure. <laughs> yeah, He's going to be lighting it up from week to week, I'm, 
I'm betting on that. I was impressed with Penn State with what I saw. That Drew Aller's got an NFL arm. God, they put this little backup in who can run the ball. They've got two different quarterbacks. Did you have any chance to see Penn State at all? Yeah, I did watch a little bit of that game as well. Uh, I do do not have it on tape. I don't believe we will have a chance to to look at Penn State before we play them. Uh, and talking about our game again, Pat, I want to give credit to a couple of players uh, in the back end. Uh, Sean Lee. Always, I always like to remember these plays when they happen. I give credit to number 30, Quinn Schulte, did a good job of tackling all day long. He did. I don't believe I had him with a single miss. I was charting misses as the game played out. Uh, and one player missed more than any others, but I can't even say for sure that he played badly. Uh, and that was, um, let me find it here. Are you talking about Deshaun Lee, number eight? Yeah. Yeah, he ended up, he had some missed tackles, but he also had a lot of opportunities. He did, he had six uh, tackles a big overall. Surprise. If number three's on the other side, they might throw more at number eight than number three. So he made some plays. He missed a few here and there. Uh, but I don't think people realize if you're playing on a really warm, humid day, you're really sweaty, and the, and the ball chair is really sweaty, too. And it's a little bit tougher to get people on the ground That's on those point. kind of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, it's a little bit, you have a little better chance to slip a tackle, I think, just because you're drenched in sweat, and so is the tackler. So uh, I think Deshaun did okay. You I know, do, he, too. He showed good aggressive, aggressiveness at times. He hit, hit some pretty hard hits. Uh, I'm going to brag on Schulte because he did have a touchdown saving tackle late in the game. I believe they went ahead and scored on that drive, but maybe that was the previous drive. I can't remember. But there was a time when a back broke down the field. Uh, incidentally, that, uh, what's his name? Fajian, uh, I believe it was. Gosh, he's explosive. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the guy you were talking about. Uh, and then another key play much earlier in the game, uh, touchdown saving tackle by, by Xavier. Uh, and not to mention a really nice interception on Xavier's part. So uh, I do recall Xavier missed a tackle in the open field. You know, he's got to learn. you got to come under control at times. Yeah, we know you can accelerate into a tackle, but I was used to say, to, I'm, I've never been a defensive coach other than really early in my coaching career, but I used to mention as a, a head coach reminding defensive players, uh, or think of it this way as an offensive player, um, and it applies, it applies to blocking defensive players, too. If the defender's out of control, I used to tell our blockers as a wide receiver, if he's out of control, then you're okay to be out of control. All I'm saying is if he's running hard at the, at the ball here, you're okay to throw at him because his momentum is going to give you a better chance to cut him. You follow me? Mm-hmm. Um, and now I don't even know. You can't block below the waist. Maybe he's hitting him. Um, you know, maybe... Maybe that's illegal to, to throw so much. If you throw high enough, you can still throw, I guess. But maybe I don't even know what the rules are. I have it interpreted right now for a blocker. You, you did see that they were flagged for blocking below the waist uh, with their defensive player. Yeah, and Eric Hall. Yeah. Cut, cut Eric Hall that time? Yep. That's a technique that tacklers have used forever. If I'm a, Let's imagine it's a big guy coming at me and I weigh 60 pounds less. I'm going to be lower than him. I'm at least going to take him out which is going to make a pile. You're going to force the bulk here to have to run, have to change path a little bit. And, of course, we have other tacklers. So I'm giving myself up just to turn the play back inside. That's what that tackler did that play. Yeah. He got played for it, too. So to me, that's kind of a goofy rule. It's all in the line, uh, all in the subject area of 
of strengthening the game, of course, making the game more safe. But um, um, to me, there's nothing wrong if you see the guy coming. Is there anything wrong with him being able to catch in the open field? That's football. Uh, I understand protecting defensive linemen by not clipping them in the clipping zone. I understand that. But it shouldn't be against the rule to be able to throw a good wall block. Tim Delight used to chop guys down like trees you know, yeah. because he would so come sure. in there and he'd, he'd throw at them with a good wall block and you can't get out of his way you because know, he's coming at you with momentum. Now, before we wrap up, I wanted to say I did think the Iowa offensive line did a good job of pass blocking. I thought Cade had a lot of time to survey the field for the most part. And before, and I also wanted to get your thoughts on Colorado and Deion Sanders because, my God, they are the talk of college football right now. I know Deion rubs a lot of people the wrong way. He's got a big mouth, but I'll tell you what, on and off the field, he backs it up. I mean, that Travis Hunter, I mean, his son. Did you have a chance to watch any of that game, Don? I did not, but I saw some highlights of it. Uh, a couple of things come to mind. Everybody says, wow, they did that to TCU. Uh, I promise you this, and we discussed it already. Uh, sometimes in the early season, you'll see a team that is overrated. TCU might be one of those teams. It's mm-hmm. too early to tell. Uh, but obviously, I thought playing in Fort Worth, the TCU would find a way to beat them. I, I was not surprised to see uh, – um, a huge effort on the part of Colorado in the first game under Coach Prime. I don't doubt that the players like him may be better than the opposing fans. That wouldn't be hard to believe um, because, you know, he's got a lot of bravado. Uh, I don't like the idea. To me, he's too much of a self-promoter. That bothers me a little bit because you've always heard me say, Pat, say that the game is for the kids. It's not for the coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Kirk understands that. You know, the game is not about – Kirk is not looking for the limelight. He ends up with a lot of attention because he's the head coach at Iowa. But Kirk would be the first to tell you, the game's about the players. It's not about the coaches. And um, uh, except in, in Coach Prime's case, the game's a lot about Coach Prime. Uh, and it, it's, it has good effect right now. Uh, maybe it'll always have good effect. You could argue that PJ's a little bit that way in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. But there are people that are, argue that James Franklin's that way in the Big Ten. Um, Kirk chooses to not be that way. I wasn't that way. Um, you know, uh, you could argue Hayden. Some people would argue that Hayden was a, a self-promoter. Well, Hayden was bigger than life. And, and just like Kirk is going to end up in the College Football Hall of Fame, uh, Hayden ended up there. So if you're playing for a Hall of Fame coach, that coach is going to get a lot of a lot of attention. Bill Snyder is a good example of that. Bill never looked for the limelight, but it just simply shows up. If you're a Hall of Fame coach, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, and then um, his son was very impressive. I didn't realize his son was that good of a quarterback. He threw for 510 yards. And then this Travis Hunter might yeah. be the best all-around player in college football. Now, he was a big, mega recruit. He may have been the number one recruit in the class two years ago. Remember, I believe he was committed to Florida State. Then he backed out and went to Jackson State. And that interception he had near the end zone was great coaching and great execution it's you're right though Dion's going to rub some people the wrong way he was the same way as a player he was about Dion. i i never forget when he was preparing for the nfl draft he said whoever picks me they're going to have to put me on layaway because i'm going to ask for so much money i laughed at that but yeah. that kind of stuff rubs some people the old traditionalists the wrong way but i mean for one game it really worked and what do you think nebraska colorado i mean i'm i'm, I'm picking colorado after what i saw from nebraska I mean, what do you think in that? They play this week. Who would you pick in that game? You know, Nebraska, Minnesota, uh, so interesting. Um, Good example, too. 
The quarterback is clearly an athlete. I'm talking about Nebraska. Yeah, Jeff Sims can't throw. You know, he's an outstanding runner, but my gosh, you know, don't start on your receivers. A good defender is going to make you pay. Yep. Happened a couple of times. You know, right now, uh, you've always heard me say some quarterbacks uh, are what coaches refer to as coach killers. A guy that's a coach killer is a guy that you feel like you have to play him because he's got so much raw talent. But is he is he good enough? Is he just good enough to get you beat? And and honestly, Nebraska's quarterback in game one this year, he he cost Nebraska. He did uh, in many ways. You know, he was a positive in how he ran the ball. I think he was a leading rusher. But they also were minus three on turnovers. Yeah, bad and, turnovers. You know, turnovers. If you're minus three in the Big Ten last year, you won the game every time. Yeah, every time, hundred percent win if you're plus three on turnovers. So good luck overcoming that. Uh, so that's where the game the game played out, uh, and and getting back to Cade again, it was just so refreshing to me. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Cade playing against Iowa in Indianapolis. There were times when Cade made good decisions against Iowa. He's going against a really good defense in that championship game, but Cade didn't give us any chances to pick the ball off. You know, he threw the ball to the right guys. If he needed to check it down, he did. If he needed to run the ball. Uh, and gain what positive yards he could, he did. He still yeah. protected the ball, whether he threw it or ran it. He still protected it. Uh, so he made he made all the routine plays against Iowa in that game, and he made all the routine plays pretty much last Saturday. Yeah, that's what good quarterbacks do. Veteran quarterbacks make all the routine plays, and the only question is, are they capable of making the great plays? You might argue the guy from Nebraska has a great chance to make great plays. His problem is he doesn't make all the routine plays. No, he doesn't, and That's he makes bad makes decisions. He made that just that half that interception right before halftime was just that was a killer. I mean, it was the and one last thing before we go. Um, Minnesota does not look like they have their typical power running game. I know it was just one game, but that was the first time I've watched Minnesota where they weren't staying ahead of the chains by running the ball. They were dinking and dunking with their quarterback. I mean, if you're a Minnesota fan, are you concerned about the running game right now? I would be absolutely concerned because that's been so much a part of their success. Yes, their identity. Their ability to not just run the ball, but defend the run pretty well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, I, I don't know what the losses are on defense, but they're clearly uh, they've lost, lost quite a bit with their running game on offense. There's no doubt about that. So I don't know if Minnesota's going to be able to be their normal self with their running game, being able to rely on that running game. Their quarterback, uh, again, is a little inexperienced and and maybe a little bit of a game manager. He's not going to kill you when he pulls the ball down and runs it. Uh, so, you know, he I don't doubt that he can become an even better quarterback than what he is now. But I'm not a huge fan of his yet. You know, I'd much rather play with a more veteran quarterback mm-hmm. um, that is less likely to get you beat. And I say that, he did a pretty good job protecting the ball. He they only turned it over once. Yep. I can't remember what their turnover was now. Uh, might have been an interception. I can't recall. Well, Donnie, great Maybe stuff. Minnesota's turnover. Great stuff as usual, Don. And hopefully next week we're back here on Monday talking about a victory over Iowa State. I think we will be, but what what does that mean? I mean, I'm wrong a lot, but hopefully we'll be back talking about a win. How confident are you? Well, I'm 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 not extre- I'm not supremely confident. I'll tell you that. Well, I'm not either. Uh, that's, man, I want to brag on one other player that did play a little bit. He kind of caught my eye. Number four, Entringer, 
Yeah, Cohen injury. He had the four backup, solo tackles. The backup to Xavier. Yeah. He looked pretty solid in relief. He looked, I mean, he made a couple of really nice tackles. Uh, he looked like he was not in over his head at all. Kirk has brought him up. I don't up. even know much about the guy, but Kirk, I'm sorry. Kirk has brought him up and said that he's been a – I don't want to say a pleasant surprise. He was not a major recruit out of Michigan. He was another one of those kind. He did have an offer from Michigan, but he didn't have a ton of other offers. But Kirk has made a point of saying that he is really progressing. No, I think they like him. I think they feel really good about yeah. their safeties right now. Let me make one quick comment before we go about the game next week. I think one of the big keys to the game for us, we need to start fast. And I say start fast. I'm just saying we need to have a lead in the first half, preferably in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we don't need to try to do is play from behind, uh, for two reasons. One, we got a hostile crowd, and you know how the, you know how the fans are, uh, just like they are over here. If Iowa State's playing here, if they smell blood, then those fans are going to get even more involved. Yeah, good point. And, and uh, we don't want to encourage the fans. I think the forecast is better than last week. I believe. I'm not I don't sure think it's going to be quite as hot, is it? Still pretty warm. I know it's supposed to be only 83 on it, Thursday. It's uh, this weekend. Sunny, low to mid eighties. Oh, see, that'll be yeah. that'll be so much okay, better. Okay, more back to normal. That's yes, good. that'll. Yeah. Um, so we need to start fast. We need to establish a lead, discourage the crowd. We need to put that quarterback under a little bit of pressure. Yeah, Rocco Beck. He didn't have to play from behind against Northern Iowa. No, it was easy to take snaps when you're up by twenty-three. You're up by thirty. Uh, so, or even up by seven in, in the early stages of the game. You know, there's a little cushion there. Uh, they were pretty concerned with what they asked him to do. Uh, yeah, he only threw 13 was, passes. Uh, he, threw, he was 10 of 13 he for like 100. Freshman. A high percentage of those passes, it seems to me, appeared to go to tight ends. I know mm-hmm. the tight ends were very involved. They were. Uh, he did throw a couple of t- touchdowns to tight ends. He, no interceptions. They ran the ball with modest success, I would say. Uh, the bottom line, they they took good advantage of field position. Every time they traded punts, they did pick up uh, more than 10 yards. I think it was 9.6, just for them, just comparing punting averages. But what gets lost in the shuffle, who's hitting yards again? They had two punt returns that were worth a total of 60 yards. One was 31, one was 29. And that that punt returner is a dangerous receiver, a productive receiver named Jalen Noel. Jalen Noel, yeah, he's so, a veteran, yep. So it's going to be a challenge to win the battle of field position. Um, it's going to be a challenge to get off to a good start. Um, that defense, I don't know how many veterans they have coming back, but they did a good job of containing you and I, that's for sure. They did. They and, did. Uh, I thought you and I would be a bigger challenge, present a bigger challenge to them than what actually happened. You and I got a lot. They actually outgained them a little bit like you said, they outgained us. But again, a lot of those yards came when the game was already settled. Yep. And uh, in that regard, it's going to be a challenge to win in Ames. Uh, our players will know that. They'll be ready to bring their bring their A game, I'm sure. And it may take their A game to be able to beat Iowa State. And it's, enjoy these games while they last, because I think in two, a couple of years, the Iowa State series is going to be by the way of the dinosaurs, because I just don't think there's going to be enough opportunities for them to keep playing and for both teams to assure seven home games. It's just I just don't think it's going to happen much longer. So enjoy this while you can. Donnie, great stuff. Like I said, hopefully we're back a week from now talking about a big win over the Cyclones. Yeah, it should be an exciting game. I expect it to be a full 60-minute game. And um, and that's what we need right now before Big Ten plays. Yeah. We need to be tested. 
we weren't tested severely last weekend. I don't think Western Michigan is going to be much of a test. Nor do I. Uh, but I do think the bigger test is going to be in Ames. Okay. we got to be ready for that. All right, Don. We'll stay Thanks, cool. Sir. Have a good week and look forward to talking to you on Monday. You guys do the same. Take care. All right. You broke it down. Brilliance as always. You and Hunter were incredible. I, uh, what do you? What the hell? I'm kidding. <laughs> now I'm just going to sit here and let you and Hunter carry this thing to a higher level. Stories, tell long stories. I don't care if they're repeated stories. Bring it. Just start bringing it. I'm exhausted after yeah. Don and I broke it down. <laughs> yeah. It's Labor Day, and here I am just yeah. working my ass off. Labor. Well. It's Labor Day. Where's everyone else? Huh? It's a yeah. holiday. Yeah. It's not for me. Yeah. Not for us. Well, they can't call on businesses because they're closed. That's good. Well, yeah. they could call them. They could still bug them. <laughs> yeah, them that, that'd go over <laughs> real well. That's, that's conducive to sales. <laughs> <laughs> so let's take a break, and then we'll come back, and God knows what to expect after this. It's uh, 13 after 10. One eight hundred eight hundred Rose. Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. One eight hundred eight hundred Rose. It's so easy. Just remember one number. One eight hundred eight hundred Rose. Your FTD florist. One eight hundred eight hundred Rose. Remember. For a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime, find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertine and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. As for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate, one of us is always there. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. If you're looking for a new or used car, truck, or SUV, you should know. Deary Ford is here for you. To give you the best selection and pricing on new Fords, Deary Ford is here for you. To work with long-term experienced sales and service reps, Deary Ford is here for you. To give you the highest trade values, Deary Ford is here for you. To provide pickup and delivery and mobile service for our customers, Deary Ford is here for you. Hurry in or shop online at DearyFord.com. GT Car, owner of Suples Building and Remodeling, has been offering unmatched service and quality for over 25 years. The trained professionals at Suples Building and Remodeling will install and guarantee the products used in any job, no matter how big or small. They also stand behind their work and offer no-nonsense, exceptional customer service from design to completion and beyond. Whether it's a simple window replacement or a major house addition, you'll have the confidence that Suples Building and Remodeling is committed to quality. Visit suples.net or call them today at 319-337-2246. 
When you go to a family restaurant, you want three things. One, a wide selection of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items. Two, you want those selections to be affordable and delicious. And three, you want to be treated like family. You get all three at the Midtown Family Restaurant. Breakfast items available anytime the doors are open. Legendary tenderloins, onion rings, and hot roast beef sandwiches. And special ribeye and shrimp nights. Daily specials at each location. And no matter if you're coming in solo or with a group of 20, you get the same special family treatment. The Midtown Family Restaurants at Court and Scott Street and at the Walmart Plaza on Highway 1 West. Follow them on Facebook or at MidtownFamily.com. The family's waiting for you. Car won't go into gear? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair, in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs. Brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventative maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't go into gear, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. Diamond Dental offers a full range of general and cosmetic dentistry as well as dental treatment options for snoring and sleep apnea. It's never too early to start thinking about what's best for your smile. Schedule an appointment today by calling 319-390-3703 or visiting the office at 5815 Consul Street Northeast, Suite D1 in Cedar Rapids. You can also visit diamonddentalpc.com for more information. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental team provide superior care for your entire family. The Sanctuary Pub in downtown Iowa City has been a fixture since 1972 and still features a classic menu such as the classic shepherd's pie, handcrafted pizzas, and craft beers and cocktails. The Sanctuary Pub is known for its warm and cozy atmosphere. That's the perfect place to spend time with family and friends while enjoying live music. Support great local food with socially distanced dine-in, carry-out, and delivery through Chomp Delivery. The Sanctuary Pub is located at 405 South Gilbert Street. Full menu options are online at SanctuaryPub.com. Come experience the Sanctuary Pub. You won't ever want to leave. There's a problem here in eastern Iowa. There's not enough Hawkeye fans. I mean, really, shouldn't everybody be a Hawkeye fan? Well, maybe not, but you should be a fan of my team at Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Hi, I'm Steve Anderson, and my team of experts at Hawkeye Title and Settlement know what they're doing. Call us at 351-8600. Hawkeye Title and Settlement, the team you love, the people you trust. Are you tired of living in a home that doesn't quite meet your needs? Then it's time to call the experts at Streets Maintenance. Their team of skilled professionals specializes in renovations and remodeling, transforming your home into the space you've always dreamed of. From kitchen bath remodels to complete home renovations, no job is too big or too small. Streets Maintenance will work with you every step of the way to ensure your vision becomes a reality. So don't wait any longer. Call Streets Maintenance to schedule your consultation at 400-4483. 
Let's start building your dream home today. Football fans, this is Bill Leichsenring of the Oxyoke Inn. We are on your way to or from the game. We're ready to serve you with the same quality food and customer service you've come to trust for over 80 years. The Oxyoke Inn is serving our famous Sunday brunch buffet with lunch, dinner, banquets, and carryout daily. From our Oxyoke family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon in the heart of Amana. The Oxyoke Inn. KCJJ Weather, brought to you by Plum Supply. Plum Supply, kitchens and baths, your home never looks so beautiful. It is going to be another hot one today, mostly sunny. We'll get to 96 for a high this afternoon. The wind will be out of the south at around 5 to 15, and it will be muggy too. So the heat index up to 100 or better today. Tonight, 72. Tomorrow, sunny, warm, and humid, 95. Could see scattered thunderstorms tomorrow night. And then Wednesday, sunny, cooler. Our high Wednesday, 85, 83 by Thursday. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Outside now, it's 82. Hawk Fanatic is back. It's back, Pat. It's all back. It's coming back. Here it is. We're back. What's that? We're here. All right. Fire away, you and Hunter. Yeah. (laughs) So... Steve, fire. Steve, what did you think of the game? Were you were you happy with the outcome? Uh, not really. <laughs> I mean, it was. I mean, they didn't yeah. play. I I don't think they won as decisively as a lot of fans were hoping for. That's and I do think thing. a lot of fans were alarmed when they saw that McNamara is still not healthy. He's still yeah. not a hundred percent. No. All these people ripping people for saying he was questionable. Well, there's a reason he was questionable. He's not a hundred percent. Hello. Hello. This was the first football game that I've ever left before the game was over with. Too hot for you? I absolutely could not stand the heat. And I thank the Iowa City Police because they drove me all the way over to where my sister parked her car. Oh, that was nice of them. Yeah. And they made me go in and sit down for five minutes in the air-conditioned room before I left. Good for them. But I saw people. I saw one lady go out. She splatted right on the ramp. Just went down hard. Wow. And then people came down, and some people stepped on her because they didn't see her there. It was like a dead show. Only that would have been <laughs> that would have been drug related. But the but the police were going up and down that concourse, handing out water, making sure everybody that was down there sitting was okay. And it was. It was a, a good game in the fact that nobody stood. They just sat down. But it was so hot. I the older I get, the more I can't stand heat. I don't. Yeah, no, I can, I can relate to that. And when I looked out at the stadium, lots of, there was a ton of empty seats because even like the north end zone, it was empty because most of the people were shielding themselves from the sun in those club seats. So yeah, no, it was unfortunate. Luckily, it's not going to be that way. This weekend in Ames, and I'm guessing by week three, Western well, Michigan. Well, then by the next time, I hope not, because my sister said, if it's hot, I'm not coming down, and we're not going. <laughs> Hopefully a little later in September, the weather won't be quite as bad. The season openers can be brutal, though, and it was brutal. Now, I will say, going to the stadium at 9 o'clock, it was pleasant. It was really not bad. It did. Well, people... when we sat and ate at that... Um... Breakfast. It was nice yeah. there. We were under a shade and there was a breeze and it was very comfortable. But we couldn't find an ADA a vehicle anywhere. When we called them, they said, we only go to where there's blue flags. Well, I didn't see one blue flag anywhere. 
Hmm. Yeah, the people I talked to said it really didn't start getting miserable until about midway through the third quarter. Then they said it just got, but that was like twelve thirty, one o'clock. Yeah, I mean, it was the peak yeah. of the day. Well, yeah. I'm like I told my sister, I said either I'm going to throw up, or I'm going to pass out, or we're going to get out of here. So we're getting out of here. So <laughs> God, it was like a dead show. <laughs> <laughs> This one guy looked at me and says, I better help you. And he took me and helped me around the stairs. Well, that's <laughs> nice that people were there to yeah, help you. that is really good. All right. Well. So anyway, well, you guys have a good All day right, and Carl, don't you, get overheated. You too. You, you too. <laughs> you too. I remember I was at a dead show one time and this guy just right neck just hurled everywhere. And then once he got his... Gathered himself again, and then he was, yeah, he was back to just like it was nothing. Hurl right there at his feet, and then what did I do? I obsessed on his hurl for the rest because they were assigned seats. I couldn't move. It was one of those shows where you had a sign, yeah. And the guy, the hurl just stayed there, and it just was like it was nothing. Our uh, sister station, our 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 uh, jam packed show on Sunday afternoon, he played a set from the Grateful Dead from October of I think nineteen seventy two. They were doing a benefit in Oregon, in Oregon uh, for a family that owned a creamery out there, and the family was uh, Ken Kesey. Uh, uh, sure, the acid test guy. Yeah. Right? yeah, so they were doing a benefit for him. It was so hot, they said they only did three uh, three sets. Only three only sets. Only three. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was fun to listen to that. Hello. 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 Hey, Hardy. You'll have it made uh, Saturday. Ames has uh, air conditioning in their press box now. They do. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I heard won't... it from Chris. Will... I heard it from Chris Williams on his. Well, it's about his, time uh, and good for them. Unfortunately, I... I won't. I won't be there. Dallas is going. We only got one pass <laughs> this year because there was a breakdown in communication. And instead of fighting it, I'm just like, ah, Dallas. Dallas really wanted to go, and I'll just do my work from home. We'll oh, have okay, three well... people from Hawk Fanatic over there. I just won't be one of them. <laughs> okay. Thanks well, for that heads they, up, they though. I'll like let thirty. 30 years late for it, but uh, just thought I'd let you know. Okay, well, then my prediction that it was going to be 105 heat index in the press box is obviously wrong because I had not been told that they had new air until now. Thank you. Appreciate that. I'll let Dallas and yeah, Rob William know. Yeah, said it on his podcast this morning. Okay, yeah, it's long overdue, but hey, you know, better late than never. Yep. All right. Bye. Yep. Because, yeah, the two years ago over there, it was just, it was unbearable. I mean, you, you were just a sweaty, sticky mess, and the computers weren't working very well. well computers don't work very well was, in 90-degree weather. So it's was, closed up like the University of Iowa press box? Yeah. And just no air? And fans. Fans just fans. pushing. Oh, it was. Oh, it good was, God. Mid- now, granted, Iowa just didn't have air until 2006, I believe. And it's only usually the first one or two games, and after that, everything's fine. But that for that day, it's miserable. It, oh. There was a major uh, uh, breakdown as far as ticketing at uh, ISU. Yeah, it, apparently it, there was. Yeah, what do you with mean? That. The machinery wasn't working. They couldn't. People were waiting outside. They were getting pissed off. That sucks. Yeah. Better than the Hawkeye fans, all right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I'm not as confident about this game as I was before. I still think Iowa's got enough to win, of course. But Iowa State showed me something. They may be this gambling thing may rally this team. Then you've seen it before, where teams rally around controversy and end up maybe being better than you thought and. So it'll be interesting to, to see. But like Don said, their quarterback was not tested at all, Rocco Beck. And he's going to be tested on Saturday. He's going to have to make some throws and win some plays, whereas he just kind of rode along with the flow in this first game. So that'll be interesting to see if Iowa can get some pressure on him and 
what have you. So, but but yeah, enjoy these games while they last because they're not going to be around much longer. Because Iowa's them. never going to give up their seven home games, and I and I the only way I see with these teams keep expanding these leagues is the only way Iowa could keep playing Iowa State every year is if they sacrifice a seventh home game some years, and I don't think they're going to do think that. Would, I don't think no. they. I don't think they really can for a lot of reasons. And the city, the city financially doesn't oh, want God. to give up a home no, game. That'd be, be a significant. So yeah, I do think the unfortunately I do think the Iowa Iowa State series is going to come to an end because of conference expansion. So it is what it is. So well, that's going to come to an end, and there's going to be games all over the stream on the Peacock. On the peacock. I said P. Yes. <laughs> we're not, we're not yes. supposed to call it the cock, right? No. <laughs> Although I heard Suter saying it over and over one day. Well, maybe he should. And he was saying, saying it to get under your skin. Yeah. Yes. He kept saying, "So we're not supposed to say the cock." Is that what you're saying? Yes. That's, that's and then right. you guys went on and on back and forth for like ten minutes, and I counted. He said it like eleven times. <laughs> So he was really beating at your own game. And now he's in where? Where is Zurich? Zurich. God, he's like James Bond. Yeah, I know. He really is like James Bond. Let's see. Well, he's a cross between James Bond and David Niven. Now he's in Berlin. He just got into Berlin. Well, good for him. God, he's like a time traveler. Yeah. How do you know that? What, he text you? Yeah, he just texts me. He's in Berlin. So he gets into the Berlin. The first thing he does is text you. Well, he's probably listening. No, let's hope not. He's not listening. I mean, if he's listening, come on, Tom, go enjoy yourself. Hardy says, enjoy yourself. Look for Hitler. Look for. Don't, don't look for. Did Hitler kill himself? Look, go find where Hitler, the tomb where Hitler killed himself. Yeah. They can go and take some photos from there. Wouldn't you like to see a picture of Tom and Ann drinking from Hitler's tomb? <laughs> Couldn't you see that? They got a big pint of beer, and Tom's got his Hawkeye hat on, and behind him you got Hitler's ashes. The bunker or wherever Hitler killed himself. Although some say he was still alive. Yeah, well. Are you texting him back? Yeah, I'm saying uh, Hardy says, Go to enjoy hell. yourself. No, I'm not saying <laughs> Don't listen. Hardy does. Hardy wants you to enjoy yourself and not, you know, forget about work. I don't think Suter has trouble forgetting about work when he's gone. No, he's good at shutting it off. I think he's good at better than you than at shutting oh, it off. Yeah, I'm upset. Yeah, but you also take days off and you're on your couch. He's in freaking Berlin. You know, I would like to. That would. That sounds like this is a fun trip. I mean, if you got an extra twenty-five grand laying around, man, yeah. it would be it would be a fun trip to no, do. To go to yeah, Germany is really nice. That's interesting that he's there now, and so is my neighbor. My neighbor's in Normandy right now. They weren't going to do the Berlin part of the trip, as I was saying, so I'm sure they're both having fun. That is one thing. I would love to do the, the Normandy Beach. I've never done that. That is, one, that is one bucket list thing for me, more so than like going to Australia or, or even Hawaii. I mean, I'm, Hawaii, sure, I would like to do sometime, but I would, Normandy would be way up on my list of places I'd like to go and check that it out. That would be cool. That would be really cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because also you could do a lot of other things over there, but just to be over there and just to kind of think about what those young men between age, most of those guys were probably between, what, 18 and 25 storming that beach? Oh, yeah. And half of them knew they were going to die. No, that, yeah. Half of them, maybe even more, knew they were going to die for our country, and it's just mind-boggling. And now you look at what our country's become. Some of them are probably looking down saying, we died for this. Well, yeah. I say that half-jokingly. No, yeah, half-jokingly because... 
Yeah, because you know, I mean, you don't uh, shed your blood for. Well, uh, the term patriot gets used so often now. I'm so sick of people calling themselves patriots when they're. I mean, well, if they put a flag on their uh, profile picture and they put an eagle on their cover picture, and then they're pa- and then they say and they're, they're unvaxxed, then yeah. they're patriots. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It really is. And uh, then uh, uh, Nazis this weekend. Um, demonstrated out of uh, in front of Disneyland. Yeah, I know, and unfortunately, there's one on video saying he supports Biden, and of course, that's been the right wing has been using that. He did say he goes, "I'm not, I'm a Biden," and the right wing just jumped yeah. on that. <laughs> I try to ignore it all. You have to. I mean, the Crassatine, drive you crazy. the Crassatine brothers. I finally had to block them. Their stuff would not. Stop you can block. Me. Oh yeah, I'm, I, I, you're the only person I know whose block doesn't work. My block works. Everyone I talk to's block works. Well, so, mine block. I mean, I block them, and then they still show up, but it'll stay. You can't see it. You have to click on it to see it. You must click on them. No, no, I don't mine click don't. On You're anything. the only person I know who's blocked. They, they show up on my feed too, but I just scroll past them. People I, that you block? No, the Crassatines. Most of the people I block are gone. Yeah, mine too. But his, he claims his aren't. He's the only person I know the, who blocks. Uh, yeah, you're you the only person iPhones. I know on Twitter who blocks. Did you see? Uh, yeah, you both got iPhones though. Did you see? Yeah. So that might be part of it. Do you see Marjorie Taylor Greene blame the uh, the the crap that's going on at Burning Man? God, it was God's way of uh, uh, punishing them by sending tornadoes. Yeah, she also which they didn't have. She also did a tribute to Jimmy Buffett and spilled his name wrong. Buffett, <laughs> Jimmy Buffet. She's an idiot. She really. She, I'd say the same thing if she was a Democrat. Just, She's just, just a moron. Oh, don't be, She's yeah, just a moron. She's not qualified to. You know they show work. Really they show anything. pictures of her working out with her weights. That's all great and that's fine. But I'm just eh, whatever. But back to the Hawks. <laughs> back to the Hawks. <clears throat> but no, the Deion Sanders thing. That was fun to watch. But there are a lot of people like Don though that are are are, are kind of offended at his me look at me attitude. But man, in this day and age, a lot of people love that he's going to recruit his ass off there because a lot of young talented black men are going to want to go play for a very positive, very outspoken, very successful black man whose staff is 80% black. Yep. And, and uh, <laughs> my daughter my daughter goes, you know, works at the school and that's all they've been talking yeah. about all, all year long is He's the talk of college football. Yeah, that yeah. was a great performance by 500 them. plus yards passing. I would not and, have given them any chance of winning that game and they won down and it was down oh, in Texas. It was impressive. Yep. Hope uh, Dion is the next coach at Iowa when, <laughs> when uh, Kurt retires. Yeah, like that would yeah, you, that ma- you imagine him at Iowa? <laughs> I can't imagine Iowa dealing with him. No, they wouldn't. But yeah. he would win here. Yeah, He'd win here in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, but they, Iowa would that's wouldn't deal with him. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm, I'm not. That's not necessarily a compliment to Iowa. I mean, are you meaning that as a compliment? Because I don't have a no. problem with Deion Sanders. No. I, uh, but I think a lot of people is, have a problem uh, with a loud, outspoken black man. I would say that, and uh, you know, just as loud and outspoken as he is, I don't think they. Even if he wasn't black, I don't think they'd deal with him. No, I don't think he wouldn't. I don't think he would come here either. No. I mean, no. Boulder's a little different than Iowa City. Yeah, and they were desperate, and they offered him a lot of money. And no, I don't see. I. I but it would be fascinating. No knock on Kirk. But I'm guessing Dion's <laughs> press conference would be a little more lively than Kurt's. Yeah. You know? But there's a place for both coaches. That's just it. That's the beauty of sports. Both ways can work. Kurt's yeah. ways works. Yeah. And obviously Dion's ways 
work. He, he called out a reporter during the post. He called game. out multiple reporters. <laughs> I saw the bull crap you guys wrote about me. <laughs> well, he's uh, now in fairness, though, in fairness to the media, it's not the media's job to rally behind the team oh, of course and, not. and become just big homers. I mean, there's enough of that already in today's modern sports journalism, but not everybody has to be just a big spill their guts homer and and so there i mean i kind of think Dion goes a little overboard but that's just all part of his shtick well absolutely that's just part of his shtick and the guy can back it up he's arguably the greatest cornerback to ever play nfl cover cornerback was not a great tackler but the guy could cover like a blanket fast as hell great baseball player i mean he's backed up everything he's ever said yes and now this thing was just an impressive performance and they travis hunter like i said the kid's incredible I mean, he is absolutely incredible. And they showed, it was funny, there's a video, they showed these um, TCU fans during warm-ups, hey, Hunter, you're overrated, you're overrated. And he was kind of mocking them a little bit and pimping them. And then he had that huge interception at the end there, right in that same area. And then they showed those fans, and they all looked like they were going to cry. You know? <laughs> I mean, that was just a, it was great coaching and great execution. I mean, Travis Hunter, barring injury, is going to be a millionaire playing defensive back in the NFL. He's that good. Well, so, okay, so Iowa State puts, has this ticket snafu. A uh, fan in the chat room said they they just got electronic tickets, and Jamie Pollard put out a statement blaming fans for not knowing how to use them. Yeah. That's not good PR. <laughs> no, he's a jerk. Yeah, I mean that's just that's not good PR. That's not the way to do it. See, Gary Barta would never have done something. No. Beth Getz would never do something no. like that. I mean, I do like Iowa's. Iowa's way more professional. Jamie Pollard can be both. He can be professional at times, but he can also be. He also gets caught up in that Twitter pandering, look at me type mentality, which is all over the place. Well, Tommy was having trouble getting his parking passes downloaded, and they went out of their way to to make sure he got accommodated for uh, Saturday's game. So yeah, Dallas does all that stuff for me. Thanks, Dallas, if you're listening. (laughs) He downloads all the parking stuff and. I really appreciate that, and he will be thrilled when I tell him the press box is air-conditioned. <laughs> that, that'll make a big difference. But, no, I mean, Iowa State probably would have fit me in, but they said it was very crowded. I can still write. I can watch it from home. Like I said, I'll have Rob there photos. John Bonencamp's going to do a notebook for me. Dallas will be there to do videos and content. We'll have three people there. I'll just... I'll just watch from my office it's and really write a game column. Great that Bowling Camp's a part of your... Yeah, I'm glad that he's, I mean, giving him a chance to make yeah. more money. I mean, he does stuff for Hawkeye Nation. Now he's doing stuff for me. I mean, he drives up from Burlington. He will, and I like having different voices and different people on the site writing. I mean, it's just, it's just better that way. And fortunately, right now, we can afford it because none of this comes free, nor should it. And um, so, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to this game Saturday. And um, But like I said, I was surprised that Iowa State won so convincingly. I thought they were going to really have to scramble to win that game, and, and they made it look easy. So, Well, I was a little disappointed, and I, I thought we... You thought they'd win by more. I think yeah, we all did, and I, I thought I, they'd I, run the ball more. Yeah. And I was... Weren't you a little alarmed when you saw McNamara limping? He's not healthy. No, he's got... Uh, and all these people that were ripping the media who were saying he's questionable, you people are... I mean, these, so many people want to act like they know everything that's going on on the inside of Hawkeye football. Kirk wasn't bowl jiving. He was saying he was questionable because he's not healthy. I mean, you could tell when he scrambled that second time, he was in a lot of pain. 
I thought they were going to take him out, and they finally did. I think they finally waited until they thought the game was as close to being secure as they could, and they finally got him out of there. But he obviously is not 100%. No. And think- with those injuries, you worry about it getting worse after you aggravate it. You think they left him in too long? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it would be easy to second-guess that. So I'm, I don't know. I'm not. We'll see. We'll see how, how he develops this week, how he progresses, and what have you. The concern is, of course – is that this lingers all year and it affects his season like CJ's season was affected in 2016. And Drew Tate supposedly had a nagging injury that bugged him all through the 06 season. Kirk would never confirm any of that. But Tate didn't have as near as good a season in 06. Remember, he was actually benched for a while for Christensen up in Minneapolis, and then Christensen threw an interception, and they threw Tate back in there. But CJ's 2016 season was not good, and it was supposedly because he wasn't 100%. That's my big worry with Cade is that, He's never going to have a chance to be 100% because that's how these sometimes these tissue injuries are. You so, think the backup played pretty solidly? I don't, let me see. What, I don't think he really did enough to – let's see what – Well, in the short time he was I there, mean, I Deacon mean. Hill was in for – he threw one – he threw three passes and completed one for five yards. I don't know there was enough to judge him on. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, hopefully Cade can at least not regress. Hopefully he didn't regress at all and – to where he is worse than he was going into yeah. the game, but I can see why he was questionable, and I don't know why so many fans got pissed off at anybody in the media who said he was they, questionable. You know, they see themselves on on the screen and they're experts. Well, there were some in the media that were insisting that he was okay and that this was all. And it's so important for some in the media to be popular and right on Twitter. They just live for it. Their identity is Twitter and social media. They have to be glorified and whatever. And the people that were saying he was questionable were simply doing their job. He was questionable, and we saw why. So it wasn't Kirk doing some cloak and dagger or whatever. These injuries are hard to judge. But like I said, with social media, so many people want to be right and popular and glorified, and it's just it is what it is. It's the world we live in. I'm sick of that world. Do you like do you like being glorified on Twitter I, or X? I don't. It's X. Yeah. It's X. But when I still when I go, www I don't yeah. type in wwx. No. I type in wwtw. Then Twitter comes up. Yeah. But it's X. <laughs> X marks the spot. I don't try to do anything on uh, Twitter. In fact, um, starting today, uh, we're no longer posting uh, national. Uh, just everything on Twitter and Facebook will be local. Will wow. Be local you're making a stand. I am making you're a telling, stand. You're, you're making a stand to Elmo Mush. <laughs> it's just, he's putting pressure they, on the news department here. That's what he's doing. Well, <laughs> if you're, you know, you know the networks to go to, you know, whatever, that you want to learn national stuff. Uh, people come to the station, come to the site, uh, well, they come to the station for both, but they come to the site for, for local news. Mm-hmm. You know, the stories of. Yeah, I don't think people are relying on KCJJ yeah. for national news. Uh-uh. There's so many places to get national news now. I mean, yeah, you, I'm, you I'm, can you can go to yeah. multiple yeah. places. So, but um, but yeah, it's always fun to get that season opener out of the way. It's unfortunate it was so hot though, but I could just tell that people. I mean, by the middle, that game was still pretty close. And by the middle of that third quarter, that stadium was starting to, a lot of people were just leaving. They couldn't take the heat. Yeah. And the game was kind, the game did get kind of boring for a while, too. It did. Uh, I just expected them to score again. I think everyone did. There was all this hype about McNamara. But the thing is, though, guys, 
This was the first time Cade McNamara was not playing with Michigan supporting cast, and it was different. He showed his frustration a couple times. He slammed the ball down. He's got a little Drew Tate in him, and I mean that that's not criticism. That could be a compliment, too. Drew Tate wasn't afraid to show his emotion. Tate's got, uh, Cade's got a little bit of that in him, and if he can play as well as Drew Tate did in 04, then they're going to have a successful season. Like I said, I just want him to get healthy. I, I mean, I and if if he still shows he's limping against Iowa State, maybe they'll not play him against Western Michigan. I'm not sure if they can afford to not play him against Iowa State if he's able to go. I'm not sure if they could get out of Ames yeah. with a backup winning that game. But if he's still limping and they think a week off, maybe he won't play against. Well, who knows? I mean, but to say that he wasn't questionable going into that game, it's ridiculous. Obviously, he was questionable, and you see why. I mean. Because he couldn't really scramble. When he had to really put pressure on that quad, you could tell it was bugging him. He was in pain. Hello. Okay. God, they hung up right after they dialed. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I did hear you playing. You did a little Jimmy Buffett tribute. I was never a huge yeah. Jimmy Buffett fan. I mean, what do you do? Cheeseburgers in paradise. Margarito. Didn't he do something? Latitude and longitude or something? Yeah, latitude. Changes, changes in latitude or something. Changes in latitude. I, yeah, I remember. Those are the three songs by him I remember. Yeah. Come Monday's a great song. I'd have to hear it to recognize it. Those other three I, I, I knew. And I, I was never a big Margar- Margaritaville song. It was it was okay. Yeah, I I mean, I like, I like to see him uh, perform. I never uh, saw him. I saw him on TV. You no, know, he was good friends with Ed yeah. Podolak. Yeah. Podolak and him were good friends. Yeah. But I mean, but he was what seventy five. He was seventy six. Seventy six. That's too young. Yeah. Well, yeah. Look at. What, did he die of cancer? Yes. Yes, he died of an invasive uh, form. I think it's Merkin's uh, of skin cancer, but it it spreads throughout his, uh, the body. Hello. Maybe. Okay. RTD. Yeah, yeah, your your phone. We can't hear you. Yeah. Well, we can hear you. We can't understand you. Yeah. Hell, have a good day. <laughs> that sounded like RTD2 from Star Wars. Well, except you could understand that. Hey, it was Suter uh, from Zurich. Maybe that was just slurring his words. <laughs> no, they're not. They're in Berlin now. They've gone Berlin, from. Berlin, that's yeah, right. I'm in, sorry. Uh, they're in Berlin. It's hard to keep up with. So them. when do they get on the boat and start going on the river tour? I don't know. Uh, today, I think. Is it today? I that sounds know. fun. That sounds like that would be a good time. I cruises to me. Don't. I'm not a huge fan about, but I would like to be able to go on a cruise if I didn't have to sleep on it overnight. I'd like to be able to go. Oh yeah, if yeah, you have I, to sleep on. I don't want to sleep just... on the. I don't want to have to sleep on the boat no. overnight. I no. would not like that. You hit an I, iceberg and well, then... germs. <laughs> cruises are just germ city. Think about that. They're like traveling hotels. Yeah. Stain city. Well, I don't know that. Stains. Well, you don't think there's stains on a cruise? <laughs> I think they wash everything. <laughs> yeah, but hotels supposedly do too. Well, you imagine doing a black light on a cruise ship. I, oh, please! <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, I'd walk on that suitor boat with a black light, and they'd all cringe. <laughs> Look at that one. Look at that stain. That thing looks fresh. <laughs> okay. Back to the Hawks. <laughs> Back to the back to the song. But no, I didn't realize Jimmy Buffett yeah. was even sick. Would it, was had he been like 3 or 4 years, right? Yeah, oh, he, he had, had it for okay. 4 years, but he uh he just had to stop touring in May. Yeah. Okay. And so No, it's it's I will say his music was it was always happy. It always seemed happy. Yeah. 
happy music. Yeah, he well, lived a good it, life. Yeah, and it, you know, like a beach bum, and, but it, the guy was a workaholic. Oh yeah, no, I've read about him. He was yeah. very talented, very smart. Did he live in Florida? Yep, uh, yeah. in Florida Keys. Florida yeah. Keys. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I will say he didn't. You would like to have lived a little longer, but he did. He made the most out of his years. Agreed. Yeah, he definitely made the most out of his years. Hello. Back to the Hawks. Okay. Well, I should say, back to a commercial. If Saturday wasn't the death of college football as a person attending a game, I don't know what was, because that was just unreal. What, what, to sit there through all those TV timeouts. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, brutal. yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> no, it was brutal, man. Those TV timeouts are brutal. Yeah, that first quarter somebody took 52 just, minutes. Yeah, somebody just tweeted on the game last night from LSU – Florida State. Six thirty was the kickoff. Mm-hmm. From six thirty to six forty four was commercials. Wow. Six forty five to six fifty one was the game. From six fifty two to six fifty four commercials. Six fifty five they cut in because the game had started. The seven oh three was the game. Seven oh three to seven oh six was commercials. For a total of twenty minutes of commercials and fourteen minutes of gameplay. Wow. See, to me, that can almost backfire in advertising, can it? Almost be too much. Yeah, it's. But what? What can a person do? Nobody. I mean, it's all about the money, as we all know. Mm-hmm. And it's just to sit there. It was just brutal. I mean, that guy came out there in the red shirt every time he could. It was always a commercial, and he's just doing what he's told. Sometimes. I mean, yeah. he's just the TV. He's just the yeah, code guy. True. Yeah, I know people rip and hate him, but he's just doing. <laughs> he's just doing his job. But yeah, no, it's it's tough. I mean, those TV timeouts are brutal. And I'm hoping maybe this is the pinnacle. Maybe somebody can figure out, hey, there's too much. Let's back to real time. I think it's only going to get worse. I think it's only going to get worse because I think these athletic administrators never imagined in their wildest dreams that there was going to be this much money to be made. And I think they're just overwhelmed by this. And they're just money's dictating everything now. I really do think that's what we have going on. I mean, it's. Everybody yeah, they could, talks about it when you're there, and it's just even worse when you're there. I'm, and they could raise sure their rates. You're home much. Yeah, and they're they're brutal on a nice day. I can only imagine what it was like Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was bad. So now well, I'm done griping again. So well, you, you you have the right to gripe. Yeah. Appreciate you calling. Okay. All right. Take care, guys. I talked to a couple of. Thanks for the call. I talked to a couple other people who just said the TV timeouts were just overwhelming. No, they're just. And I mean, they're bad enough, like Jim said, when the weather's not bad. But that, guys, that's the world we live in now. Well, when you're watching the game, it's like, God, we, we um, there's hardly any game. And I don't want to get too Raise critical your on freaking adver- rates. I don't want to get then. too critical on advertising either, because we can't live without it. Sure, I mean, no. advertising is what's. That's. I still think there's a a way to make it work with local advertising. That's what you guys are doing. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, the and, line's been crossed. I mean, there's a balance there, and the balance is way in, in favor of the advertiser now. Hello. Yeah, at the game, I thought it was kind of funny when the uh, scoreboard and the clock went out. The one thing that did stay on and running was that countdown clock for the TV timeouts. <laughs> wow. This thing must have a backup generator that <laughs> kept it going. How long was it, was it out? Oh, the scoreboard no, was out for... What, 15 maybe, minutes? Yeah, roughly about 10, 15 minutes, I think. Enough for everyone to tweet about it and take yeah. photos of it, and it was all over Twitter. Wow. So, no, it was out for a while. Well, it took till the second touchdown for for them to give us any points. It was zero zero mm-hmm. even after we scored. Yeah, and you know that Iowa had people scrambling, working on that. Sometimes yeah. things just don't work. Yeah. But yeah, that was another thing I forgot about that—the scoreboard going out. 
All right. Thanks, Thanks for the call. So, yeah, the I envy those people that – I guess I don't envy those people that can sit through all that stuff and, and do her the heat. I mean, that is loyalty. I guess I, I respect their loyalty and their dedication to the Hawks because that couldn't have been easy, and I don't blame Karn for leaving early. I mean, she, No, and that, I mean, no. I you know it's bad if she's leaving. But yeah. hopefully by the third week, it won't be as bad. On... No, it'll get better, and then it'll get really cold. And then... <laughs> yeah, by uh, – yeah, I mean yeah. – but we haven't had many games with Iowa that have been just completely dominated by the weather. We really haven't yeah. lately. The game last year that lasted until, what, one thirty in the morning. That was kind of dominated by weather. Which game? The game that lasted until, like, one thirty in the morning. I don't know what you're talking about. The football game. What? what we fo- had, like, a... Yeah, because there was so many uh, rain delays, rain delays, and thunder and delays, and lightning. And lightning yeah. I don't know if it went till one thirty. It went. How long? I, mean, did I was it there. Go? I don't think it went anywhere close to that. But it was a while. That was the game that had the three light. Was it the uh, the Iowa State game had two or three lightning breaks? I don't recall any game being up in the press box at one thirty in the morning. I mean, I do have I remember a couple were delayed, but one thirty. That's that's. I don't think I don't recall that, but maybe I'm maybe I'm just not remembering it. But for the most part, the weather has not been a big factor. Oh, you're right about in, that. In I'll most give of these games, I mean, there hasn't <laughs> been a lot of rain, and lightning delays are frustrating. I mean, the Iowa State game took six hours to play two years ago because there were two or three lightning delays. I mean, it just went on forever. I, was that the last trip, or was that two trips ago? Over I can't remember. But it had at least two or three weather delays. The last, uh, either the last game or the second to the last game in Ames. Remember, that was the game, I believe, that um, Devontae um, Young recovered the fumbled punt and had a big play in that game. So, But, yeah, hopefully it sounds like the weather's going to be – if it's in the low 80s for a 2.30 kickoff, that won't be bad. That will no. be – and by the second half, the it'll be even cooler because by the second half it'll be, you know, late afternoon, early evening. So the weather doesn't look yeah. like it's going to be a yeah, factor. Yeah, we played Nevada um, – yeah, I remember the game. It was stopped by – what did it have, two or three? It was just like the Iowa State game. It had like two or three breaks, right? I just didn't realize it went until 11, 30, 1.30 yeah, in the morning. Yeah, it ended at one thirty nine. Yeah, I've, I've completely spaced that off. <laughs> and what time did it start? At 6.40. That's right. It was a night game. Okay. Yeah. It was a night game. Yeah, um, the Iowa State game, luckily, it would have been the same thing had it been a had it been a night game. Luckily, that was in the afternoon. Yeah, I forgot – completely forgot the Nevada game was a night game. So, I mean, even if it hadn't had weather delays, it was going to not get over till about 11 o'clock. Sure. I mean, it was going to go. Night games now, I mean, you start your game at 7 o'clock, it's going to get over at 11 o'clock. Yeah. Also, the lead uh, singer for uh, Smash Mouth, Steve Harwell, has died. Yep. So. I've never heard of Smash Mouth. Or maybe I have. Are they Walking a, on the Sun, All-Star. Uh, are they? Maybe are they, you're an All-Star. I, I'd have to hear it. Yeah. Are they grunge? No, just kind of a rock and roll band. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> they sound like a Seattle grunge band. Did the version of I'm a Believer for the Shrek soundtrack? I've never seen the Did Shrek. Did you ever watch? I've never watched Shrek. We watched. I'm uh, an ogre. Uh, <laughs> I've never watched any of that. Equalizer 3 yesterday. We went to the movies. Oh, it's and out now? I'll wait. Yeah. Till it'll be on HBO yeah. in about a week. Yeah. Is it good? I killing everybody. Oh, gee. <laughs> just like Equalizer 1 and 2 was not near as good as 1. <laughs> well. Well, and he, they say this is the is this he dealing with the the mafia? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, dealing with a mob in Italy, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the last one supposedly. They're they're yeah. promoting it as the final. Well, he killed everybody. The final chapter. 
Did you ever see two? <laughs> yeah, I've seen them yeah, all. Two was a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It was. It was okay. It's I really like, liked one. This one's. Uh, well, I, you know, yeah, he just kills everybody. Well, I was probably gonna, assuming that. <laughs> you ever seen Man on Fire? Yeah, parts of it. I never God, saw it from start to movie. finish. Yeah. Um, but I've seen parts of it. But yeah, hopefully they won't have weather issues over there because that, that game over in Ames two years ago, if it was. That took forever. Oh, it, it's supposed to be nice all over the state. And, yeah. And highs in the low to mid 80s. Yeah, I forgot that Nevada. I forgot Nevada was a night game. I forgot that they'd play. But now that it's all <coughs> coming back to me, because I remember, I remember thinking, why would you make this a night game? But <laughs> TV, I mean, they, I mean, they had a time to slot to fill. And yep. so, yeah, that's just the thing, though. If, if you have a night game that starts at 7 o'clock, even without weather, you're not getting done until 10, 30, 11 o'clock. No. So that one didn't have as long of delays as the – I think the Iowa State game had almost as much time with delays as it did the actual game. The Iowa State game went on forever. Oh, yeah. It went on forever. Had it been a night game, it would have been 2 or 3 in the morning before <laughs> that game was over. Wasn't that the one where the uh, the pep band got uh, – got uh, people were throwing stuff yeah. at them? Was it, I see. I get them all mixed up. I don't know if that was the same one. I mean, after a while, they all kind of blur together. Well, that's yeah. like me and – you know, when I promoted concerts and crap, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I don't remember where they were. I well, I don't. I remember. still don't remember being in the press box at one thirty for the yeah. Nevada game. I mean, I've completely maybe you just I've completely spaced that. I do not remember the press conference. I'm guessing Dallas probably. Dallas usually goes down and gets all the press conference stuff. I'm. I, I don't remember any of it. It's it's a it's been a complete blank. I remember that great picture of that guy who was walking his dog, and they just opened and all the. Oh, I do remember that. The guy yeah. brought his dog in because <laughs> yeah. at the Husky end, was sitting there because at the, the end, they're well. Remember, security didn't they go home? <coughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't security leave? Yeah, they the, left. They went home because there was nobody left. Now it's all coming back. I would completely spaced all that off. I, I was driving I'm, home that night, and I was listening to. To Dolph, and he goes, "Well, it looks like we're just about a couple more minutes before the uh, the, the the rain delay timeout uh, ends, or the the lightning delay, and it's lightning like crazy." Yeah, I remember. You can't see it, but it's all. I go, "They're not going to get one play." Now it's, it's coming back to me. I do remember thinking, "Can we just call this? <laughs> Can we just call this?" I was winning this game decisively. Yeah. Do we have to play? But I'll, Nevada. Nevada was the one I believe had the final say in that. Now it's all coming back to me. I think I, sp- I think I just blocked that out because it was such an unpleasant memory. Getting out of you know one thirty. I mean that's you well, stayed up and watched the whole thing, didn't you? Yes, I did. Because I felt I well, you didn't have bed. to be to work the next day either since <laughs> no. it was Sunday. No, so, but no, that guy. I you remember that better than I did, Jim. I completely spaced that off. Well, let's call it a day. Yeah, it's almost eleven. Thanks yeah. again, Don Patterson. Great insight. Always. Well, he'll be back again on Monday. Hopefully we'll be talking about a victory because that'll suck if we're talking yeah. about a lost Iowa oh. State. That will not be fun. All right, hogfanatic.com. It is free. Yeah.